I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Leah, and my friend, Rivka. And this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I... <laughs> Leah, man, <laughs> she tries to make me laugh, and usually I can ignore her, but... Not today. <laughs> not today. So she knows the spiel, and so she was mimicking it as if she was saying it while I said it. <laughs> It's a little too much, a little too okay. much. Well, Aaliyah, um, what invitation to act have you been working on? That is an excellent question. That's why I asked it. <laughs> I thought, you know, I have an excellent question. I'm going to ask it right now. <laughs> every, every time you say that is an excellent question, interrupting what you're about to say, I, I see um, that in... In Meet the Robinsons. Yeah, the that's what I'm referencing the when I say yeah, it. <laughs> every single time. That is an excellent question. And he never has a good answer for it. But he never that, answers the question. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, you do have little arms and a big head. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so invitations to act. Um, I think one that I'm kind of just generally working on, and then I'm trying to figure out what exactly to do. Um, is the clear way debris from President Nelson in his? Um, I can't. What talk even was that? I don't. Oh, it was from this conference. That right? was the introduction Saturday morning okay. session where he yeah, talked yeah. about the renovations going on at Temple Square. The right. Temple. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess there's a couple things that I'm probably gonna figure out how to work on a clear way. Anything specific? Um, media. <laughs> yeah, right. The the ultimate vice. Con- conscious uh, choices in media consumption. Yep. Cool. Rivka, how about you? Any invitations okay. to act? Um, I'm, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. I'm trying to remember whose talk it was, but I've had some pretty clear promptings this week of some things that I need to be um, I was going to say doing better, but really the promptings have been, uh, here are some, some ways you could be maybe doing it more efficiently and with some different detailed aspects of things, especially things like the way I'm, um, doing scripture study and the things I need to be studying and the way I need to be doing or things that I need to be doing in are what we call mom school. I don't know if I can't remember if I've <laughs> talked about it on that, but it's our come follow me. But because we homeschool, so much of it is just schooling stuff. But this is our mom school, and it's the time of the day that I get to, to, you know, my kids are older now. They're almost 14 and 16. So they're very wow. self-directed in their education. So I don't do a lot of sitting down and doing lessons with them. But during mom school, that's my time. So we do come follow me, but I had one I was really prompted to um we needed to sit down and watch Elder Packer's 
a conference talk spiritual crocodiles again yes. we've done it before but the spirit was just like this needs to happen this week again so i've been trying better to respond to those promptings that i get and do them so we did and had a, an incredible discussion afterwards and it was just what all of us needed so that i'm trying to remember whose talk it was and i can't remember but it was that one not to ignore the spiritual promptings i think that was from october Aaliyah, do be. you remember <laughs> Our president uh, Monson consistently. Uh, yeah, but. October sounds right. Yeah. So let's uh, give a little peek behind the curtain. And Rivka, I think you know this, but maybe we don't talk about it very often. Ali and I actually have a spreadsheet um, <laughs> because that's who we are. Right. <laughs> yes. And <clears throat> we record the date that we record the podcast when we release it. And then we have three columns and they're color coded because that's who we are. <laughs> And um, one is, you know, our the main doctrine of the talk or the main principle. The second is the invitation to act. And the third is the promise associated with the invitation. So sometimes we go back and reference that when we're trying to get our bearings and think, all right, well, what's what am I what do I need to do? I need to refocus on one of these invitations. So she is scanning the spreadsheet. I will update you that my invitation to act was way back from the Saturday morning session where we were invited to read Teaching in the Savior's Way. Yes. I've been working through it very, 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 very slowly. And I did it. Yay. (laughs) I finally finished. It is masterful. It is really good. Super, super, super good. I mean, the principles in there, if everybody used those, the teaching in the church would be off the charts incredible. So... Um, the focus is squarely on relationships and the spirit, and there are some techniques in there um, that are are cool. But mostly, it talks about principles of you know really loving people and talking about you know it's more important to follow the spirit than it is to teach a certain number of things out of the book. And mm-hmm. if a discussion is you know bringing the spirit, then don't you know, transition out of it just to get through a certain number. Anyway, there's lots of really cool stuff. So I totally loved it. It was, it was awesome. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, Aaliyah, did you find the, yeah. So brother Waddell said, or elder, I don't know. He said, if you've been prompted to prepare spiritually or physically act on it. So yes, there you go. that's what I did. I remember that more now. It, it was in the context of, preparing mm-hmm. and and so not ignoring those promptings so yeah, yeah. good job Rivka <laughs> so my next invitation to act well so promise blessings um I don't think I have I just finished teaching the savior's way so I don't know that I've fully applied all the principles yet um I think in general I started I started way back at the beginning I started talking about or you know the first principle I read was talking about you know loving the people you teach and so I've been trying to do that and make that important. So I'm going to try to continue that. But I think the blessings I've seen from trying to do that is just, you know, improved relationships and more more trust and openness. Um, so I'm going to keep working on that. I'm going to try President Nelson's challenge, which was to write the things I have learned during COVID and share it. So I've talked a lot about it, but I want to write it down and share it with family and friends. And then... I was just telling Deanna today, I just feel like I've needed to repent lately. I've been um, very sort of task oriented in my calling and I need to remember that you can be efficient with things, but not with people. 
and allow, you know, relationships to take the forefront instead of um, check boxes on my to-do list. So uh, I've been refocusing on that, repenting on my love of checking the box and, uh, you know, hey, look what I did. I got something done. So, okay. I think that is everything for our intro. So let's go to our talk here, which is Our Personal Savior by Elder Michael John U. Tay of the 70. Um, so, Aliyah, let's start with you. What was your main takeaway from this talk? One of my takeaways was when he told the story of him and his missionary companion teaching um, a man who was more intellectual and kind of analytic. And he asked them, what think ye of Christ? And they, you know, bore their testimonies and were excited that he asked that question. Um, And then later, the guide they were teaching published an article. And it says um, that contained wonderful words and phrases about the Savior. I remember being impressed, but not necessarily lifted. It had good information, but felt hollow and lacked spiritual power. So I thought it was interesting that um, the more analytical intellectual analysis of the savior wasn't necessarily uplifting. And I think it can be, uh, for example, I'm reading the book, the infinite atonement right now, and that's definitely, uh, more detailed and, um, you know, intellectual than anything I've read or learned about the atonement thus far. Um, but I think it's definitely valuable, but in this case it wasn't, it didn't have the same, Um, testimony that the missionaries were able to bear. And so I think it's important to remember that it's not necessarily how um, well the words sound or, or how elegant or flowery or, you know, thought out something is. It's the intent behind it. Kind of like with teaching in the Savior's way, how the spirit is the ultimate teacher. And so no matter what you say or how you say it, as long as the spirit is there, teaching what you're trying to teach, then it'll get across to the the people you're teaching. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I think that applies so many times. You don't need to be, uh, you know, a scriptorian to, to bring the spirit into your classroom. So of course we should know and learn the scriptures, but you, you don't need to be an expert necessarily. So uh, Rivka, what was your main takeaway? Um, well, just kind of going along with what, you guys were both talking about this whole thing to me was, I don't know, maybe I needed, I feel like I did this with the last talk. The questions in here were so good. So I must be yeah. going through a phase where I need to be, you know, asking myself questions and, and deeply pondering some things. Um, he asks, well, he, he says the question that is asked in the scriptures, what think he of Christ? And then he says, I'm realizing that how intimately I know the Savior significantly influences my ability to hear him as well as how I respond. And that statement seems totally like a duh sort of a statement, right? Like, of course, this would affect it. But we don't always act that way. Um, And so throughout this whole talk, I appreciated his helping me better understand how um, having personal experiences and using the personal experiences I have with the Savior and His atonement um, can help me 
better understand and live the gospel. That that's like a fundamental, all of I'm listening to myself say this and go, everybody knows this. I don't know why this feels like new information to me, but maybe it's just sinking a little deeper, you know, this time, yeah. this experience with it. I think, I mean, I think that's a pretty classic sort of gospel learning pattern, right? As we learn something, we apply it. And then as we keep learning it again and applying it again, we add layers of depth to that knowledge and understanding and, you know, preach nothing but repentance. Well, if you can only hear that so many times, but at the same time, every time you hear it, it applies to something new in your life. Yeah. And here this guy is, you know, he's a 70. They call him elder. So I'm assuming he's a general authority 70. And he is saying this very sort of basic fundamental thing that we've probably all heard a hundred times. And he's saying, well, I am realizing like speaking in the present tense, like I'm, you know, I'm realizing now how much this influences my ability to hear him. And yeah, I think that happens to us all over and over in the gospel. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think my takeaway was just encapsulated by what both of you said. And it's just, you know, sort of also encapsulated in the title of the talk, our personal savior, you know, the gospel isn't an intellectual exercise. The theology is cool. I love interesting discussions. You know, Rivka is known for her, uh, late into the night, uh, driveway theological, uh, ponderings. Um, and those things are all amazing, but ultimately it comes down to your relationship with the savior and your testimony of him and how that influences your choices. Um, and so if you don't understand all the symbolism in Isaiah and revelation, well, that's okay. You have lots of time to learn it, but if you understand how to, you know, stay on the covenant path because you love Jesus, then that's, that's the, most important thing that you need. Um, so I think maybe the quote that captured that the best for me is where he's breaking it down into different, um, you know, sections. And he says, first, we need to recognize that knowing the savior is the most important pursuit of our lives. It should take priority over anything else. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's, Uh, that's intense. We've, we, he bricked no quarter, left no room for debate it should take priority over anything else. So, and of course, um, I think it was, oh, I can't remember the guy who talked about Mount Fuji. Um, uh, and, uh, he talked about how focusing on one principle and just learning that and working on it would lift, you know, your, all the rest of your gospel knowledge. So of course he's not saying like, um, ignore your kids and your spouse and like just study the savior or whatever, but by becoming more, um, in tune or, you know, to, to come to know the savior better will make you better in all these other areas of your life. So, so I had to look up a couple quotes as you were talking, um, that I was reminded of the first one by elder Maxwell says pretty much this so much more than a matter of abstract theology, this great plan can focus daily life. Its truths are crucial to how we see ourselves, others, life, the Lord, and even the universe, or how we view a baby, or death, or the praise and honors of the world. 
This plan constitutes the mother load of meaning and can cradle us conceptually amid any concern. So he's talking about the plan of happiness, but we know that rests on the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Without it, the plan is um, <laughs> fruitless. Um, I feel like we should just end there because no. anything we say <laughs> after that, after I mean, Elder Maxwell, what? I well, don't worry because I've got one more, and it's from Joseph Smith. Um, okay. And again, this is referencing the the plan of salvation, um, but but the the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ is is the hinge point and foundation, right? So he mm. said. All men know that they must die, and it is important that we should understand the reasons and causes of our exposure to the vicissitudes of life and death, and the designs and purposes of God in our coming into the world, our suffering here, and our departure hence. What is the object of our coming into existence, then dying and falling away to be here no more? It is but reasonable to suppose that God would reveal something in reference to the matter, and it is a subject we ought to study more than any other. We ought to study it day and night for the world is ignorant in reference to their true condition and relation. And that was the one that popped into my head when we were talking about him saying that this pursuit of coming to know the savior should take priority over anything else. It's just, it's a second witness that this is a, this is a true thing of significance. Yeah. Those are beautiful. And they just drive that point home and, and hopefully give us motivation to really focus on that. Um, can you just repeat the the second part of that Maxwell quote where he said the mother load of meaning or something like that and this, then cradles our consciousness? Yeah, this plan constitutes the mother load of meaning and can cradle us conceptually amid any concern. Wow. So many layers there. Oh, man. He's so good. <laughs> Classic Elder Maxwell and a lot of big words, but that's what he's saying. This is like... If we can get this into our if into our heads and can conceptualize what is there, it becomes the the boon and the he calls it a cradle for yeah. anything else that we experience or come across or struggle with or question. This is this is it. This relationship with the Savior and the understanding of His importance and our need for a Savior. And, and he used the word mother load, which we think of, or at least I do, in terms of mining. Like, oh, we we hit the mother load of, you know, of gold or oil yes. or whatever. But he then turned it back into the root mother and it cradled us conceptually. Mm-hmm. So it's like the greatest, biggest thing in our life. But it also is the tiniest seed that helps us grow. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. His <laughs> This gift of yeah. tongues is what a gift to all of us. It is true. And this, I'm trying to find it in the talk. Hang on. I have it as a sticker, which is funny. The quote, but I'm trying <laughs> to find it actually in the talk. Well, One, so, of I'll course, we love um, referencing movies here. Um, or other media. But one other thing we love doing is, you know, stickers and uh, turning pages. So I love that all of our podcasts have (laughs) Rivka noises, you know, of, wait, got to put the sticker. I'm I'm, I'm making a notation here. I know. Um, Okay. Why can I not find this in the actual text? I'm just going to read it from the sticker and then you guys can tell me. Do you want... Do we need to go on to something else while you look for it? Or no, 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 no. no I'll sticker? read this. But okay. 
Oh, I just found it. It's in his third point. Oh, well, we just did the first one. Should I wait until the third? I'm going to no, say it anyway no, because let's... it has to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, he yeah. says, the atonement of Jesus Christ is infinite and eternal and all-encompassing in its breadth and depth, which is the motherload thing, but wholly personal and individual in its effects. Because his atoning sacrifice, because of his atoning sacrifice, the Savior has the power to cleanse, heal, and strengthen us one by one. Which is the cradle thing. Same principle, yeah. Big, you know, huge cosmic power, itty bitty little space. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> now every time I think of the atonement, I'm gonna think of huge oh man, Rivka. <laughs> I didn't do it as well as Robin Williams, but it fits. It does. And we talk about this, or maybe I shouldn't say we, unless I mean it in the royal sense, but <laughs> I I find it so fascinating, all the the dualities or, or paradoxes in the gospel of this, you know, the atonement is infinitely infinite, but it's also infinitely intimate, you know, and it's the mother load, but also the cradle. And it's, it's these amazing things. And and I feel like we talk about these dualities all the time, but um, that's why it's a miracle. I mean, it was for everybody, but it wasn't for everybody. It was for every individual, you know? Yeah. And that includes me. And that is an amazing, beautiful thing in my life. So how fantastic. Um, Aaliyah, I see you flipping through a book and I feel like you should hold it up to the microphone so you can emulate <laughs> your mentor, uh, Rivka. <laughs> but did you find a quote for us from um, I was Tad looking, R. Callister? I, I couldn't find any specific ones that um, kind of, I know there's stuff in there um, that goes along with what we're saying, but I can't find a specific one. But basically, so this is the Infant Atonement book. And uh, we're like 30 pages through. This is what we're reading in comp study right now. And if there's one thing that I've learned, is it's exactly what we're talking about right now. So this is a second witness um, from 20 years ago that the atonement is one of, if not the most important doctrine in this gospel and that so much revolves around it and so much happened because of it and so much happened to make it happen. And so... I guess I'll just echo that sentiment that we're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other thing it made me think of is the talk by um, Elder Oaks or President Oaks about where he said how important the resurrection was. Yeah, and same. That was like, you know, one of the most important principles of the gospel, because if there was no resurrection, what would be the point of anything else? And it made me think of a recent um, experience that we had. So, you know, the point of this talk is, you know, get to know the Savior. So one way you do that is read about him. Another way is to, i.e., read the scriptures or study other things about him, uh, Jesus the Christ, other books like that. Another way is to pray and converse um, with Heavenly Father through the Savior. But also, I think... Um, just knowing what he did for us teaches us about him and knowing about him helps us love him. So my example is um, Aaliyah, part of her, her job is she sells cookies and it, that sounds simple. She's not a, a girl scout. So she makes all these cookies <laughs> and she has the model like crumble or chew or, or uh, sorry, chew is hers chip, 
you know, where she's sort of making warm, gigantic cookies and, and people come pick them up or she delivers them. And um, there's a ton of work that goes into it before her shift starts. So she, we do these things called chew parties where she bags all the dry ingredients and she has to like cream the sugar and everything with the wet ingredients. And then she adds a second bag of dry ingredients and she packages all the toppings. Like sometimes it's just chocolate chips. Sometimes it's right now it's Reese's. It's a lot of work. It, so she will take whole days where she has hundreds of pounds of like flour and sugar out in our kitchen and she's just putting them in bags. Yep. <laughs> and she and I and our, uh, and my son went on a trip recently just for a couple days and we were just having fun and Deanna was at home and Aaliyah was getting a little stressed on the trip thinking about like, Oh, when I come home, I have like all this work and so many hours of work, you know, to do to prep for my next shift. And when we came home, Deanna surprised Aaliyah and she had done all that work for Aaliyah while we were gone. So Aaliyah literally came home to nothing. She had nothing to do. I had nothing to do and it was amazing. (laughs) And I thought, I mean, I could read about Deanna. I could listen to other people talk about Deanna. But that is just such a character revealing moment that she took those couple days where we were having fun on vacation and Deanna was here working the whole time on behalf of her daughter. And that shows how much she loves her and is willing to sacrifice her and put Aaliyah before us. So that brings me all the way back. That was a long circuitous route, but it brings me back to that thought on the resurrection by elder Oaks of, you know, thinking of the pain that the savior endured, just thinking of the atonement and all that he did for me. And of course for everybody, but for me in this personal sense, is one of the best ways to get to know him, you know, in a sense is to learn his character and his, and who he is by studying that sacrifice and that willingness to, to put us above his, you know, him and to put our inability to save ourselves, you know, as the most important thing in his eternal life. So anyway, it was a small um, or not small. It was a very big thing that Deanna did, but it was an earthly thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that reveals her incredible character, just the in the same way that eternally in a much grander, more um, cosmic way, to use Rivka's word, <laughs> um, you know, the atonement um, reveals the Savior's character. So that was very rambly, but hopefully I, I made I a point somewhere that. in there. Yes. So um, Rivka, did you have any other parts of this that stuck out to you? Um, so he actually has two first, second, thirds. I don't know if you got that. <laughs> List makers, we probably all saw that. But the second first, second, third he shared was in reference to a, a challenge he was given by a leader to read the Book of Mormon from cover to cover and mark the verses that reference the Lord's atonement and then prepare a one-page summary of what he learned. Okay. Yeah. And he says, one page. Sure, that's easy. Um, and he says, to my surprise, however, I found the task to be extremely difficult. I failed. And he gives three reasons why. And as I read through this, he's talking about writing this summary. But for me, it struck my heart as the same pattern of concerns that sometimes come up, at least for me, in living the gospel. Hmm. So he said, first, I expected the summary to be inspiring to everyone. Okay. Don't we want our example to be inspiring to everyone? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then second, well, he, he says it wasn't meant for, 
the summary was meant for me, not for anyone else, of course. It was meant to capture his feelings and something he could go back to. But he got caught up in the idea that it should be inspiring for everyone. And then second, he said, I expected the summary to be grand and elaborate and contain big words and phrases. Like, <laughs> like Elder Maxwell, I guess. But he had had a lot of years of doing that. Um, but it's not for him. You know, he says it wasn't about the big words. It was meant to be clear and simple declaration of conviction. Um, and then he quotes a scripture that my soul delighteth in plainness. So in my head, I was like, okay, so my gospel, like the way that I live the gospel or study the scriptures, oh, especially studying the scriptures, sometimes I think I should do this like, I don't know, I could have some scripture, like a, a thing of scriptures that I've done up and my great grandchildren will be in awe of how <laughs> wonderful it is. And totally missing the point that being in the scriptures is for us in the time we're in them. And then third, he said, I expected it to be perfect, right? Something mm, that you can't yep. add, you can't, can or shouldn't add to. Um, it's just, it's final and it's done instead of being a work in progress. And I, anyway, so he's talking about the summary, but as I'm reading it, it is just like pounding into my heart. Like this is sometimes how I feel like I should be living the gospel. Um, and so I appreciated him sharing this because it helped me to understand some ways that I can um, maybe do things that fits into my wanting or, you know, the promptings that I've been getting to maybe make some adjustments to the way I'm doing things. Um, but that, you know, any, anytime we, this experience that he was supposed to be having with the savior and the savior's atonement and learning about it through the scriptures, he missed the mark because he was trying to, make it something instead of just having the experience and letting right. it be a personal thing with the savior. Absolutely. That, that is such a good insight Rivka in applying that those principles to how we live the gospel. It reminds me of Elder Iring's talk. Um, I think it was called bless his name where he talked about pray for the miracle instead of yourself. Yeah. And I, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but mm that's what struck home to my heart of like, stop praying that your performance will be good enough or that you're, you will have the right words or whatever. Instead, pray for the miracle, you know, pray that a miracle will happen and leave it in the hands of the Lord to take care of the rest. And most so, of the time that miracle is going to happen inside of you and not yes. for whoever's hearing or seeing or, you know, that you're hoping is inspired. Yeah. That, that is also so, True, Rivka, and definitely I feel convicted a little bit there because I've mentioned this before, but you know, what I want from my calling is to like run around, like just saying the most incredible things, and everybody's like, Yeah, well, this is Zion now, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna always, you know, I'm only laughing because I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. and really, I heard a bishop say once you know, looking back on his time as bishop, like, he's like, I think I maybe impacted three to five people, something like that. Those, that's the number. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, that's actually pretty accurate. Like, I, I want it to be three to 500 and it's really three to five. And so, I got to stop thinking about, you know, what am I, none of that matters. Like, I just need to pray for the miracle and if that's mostly something that happens inside my heart, then great. You know, 
then great. I was blessed by a miracle. You're one of the five people you impacted. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say the same thing, Leah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so true. I have just been, my pride has been just chopped down so many times this week. I need to, to humble <laughs> myself. So um, Aliyah, I think had something to add to this. Did I? Did you? No. <laughs> well, I, I read those signals wrong. I, <laughs> I guess I could say something. Well, do you? I mean, you don't have to say anything, but did you have something or a different thing? Well, why did you want us to run over Aaliyah? What? You wanted us to run over time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was just other things in the talk that I wanted. To oh, <laughs> other things in the talk. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. What okay. else in the talk? <laughs> we, we got there eventually. I um, don't know. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're in a ditch somewhere right now. <laughs> the vultures are coming to we're pick on us clean. I eighty west in the middle of Wyoming. Yeah, we oh, just passed Rollins Freeway. Anyways, um, we're gonna get back on the interstate. Um, so he gives three main points in his talk, and we talk about the first and the third. So the second one, he says, it is not about copying the words, feelings, and experiences of others as much as it is coming to know for ourselves in our own unique way by experimenting upon the word and receiving a witness from the Holy Ghost. So, um, and then he quotes Alma um, and in saying that, like, he knows that the things what, that he's teaching are true because he's fasted and prayed about them and the uh, Holy Ghost has manifested to him. And... This, to me, um, this paragraph about experimenting on the word, um, I just kind of thought about what we've been doing in the podcast with the promises and invitations. Mm -hmm. And having done this for months and reading and acting and learning, um, I can definitely say that I have my own uh, witnesses now of all these things and of the promises that they give. And I've been able to share those witnesses with others. I just have all these words floating around in my head, like, oh, this, uh, this general authority promised this and so-and-so said that, and I've done this before. And so if you do it, it'll probably work too. And so I just have all this knowledge kind of stored away um, that I've, you know, come to understand from from experiment experimenting on the word so i like that paragraph that's awesome and yeah. we actually our ward actually has a podcast and we have a young man in the ward who is super good at talking to people and interviewing them and getting to know them and he interviews somebody in our ward every week and we get to know each other through the podcast and he asks this question every week, how have you confirmed the teachings and doctrine of the church in your life? And it gives me every single week a new chance to ponder, you know, how have I confirmed that? And what you just said, Aaliyah, I, that question was running through my head as I read the talk and thought, oh, you know, experimenting on the word is one of the ways. And it's so interesting to hear how everybody else, you know, has confirmed the teaching uh, teachings and doctrine of the church and their experiences, but that's definitely one of the ways. And as we've treasured up the words of the prophets, they've definitely come to my mind a number of times as well. I mean, even just this podcast, we've referenced how many other yeah. you know talks. Uh, I guess maybe I'm treasuring up 
the movies too and that's why i think of them oh man another thing i need to repent of but yeah, the spirit can help us find truth wherever it is that's there true that's true but yeah i i think that's a really powerful quote to me um from alma so Okay, we are definitely over. So let's jump to invitations and promises. So um, Rivka, any invitations to act that stuck out to you here? Well, I he's, he sort of subheads this talk and the last subheading is testimony and invitation. It just tells us there's an invitation right in here. Um, and this one actually comes, he, it comes from the prophet Moroni. The prophet Moroni invited us. And now I would commend you to seek this Jesus of whom the prophets and apostles have written. And that I feel like is the invitation that he's given us for this entire, this entire talk is seek this Jesus, come and learn of him and, and follow him and be healed by him and be saved. Yeah. And maybe in the context of this talk, I, I don't, I hesitate to say this a little bit, but maybe that's the most important invitation of all of conference, right? Is come and, and all of scripture come seek this Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think some scripture somewhere that says that one of the purposes of Christ coming to earth was to draw all men unto him. And so we're fulfilling that purpose by coming closer to Christ. Yes, definitely. And, and he, president Nelson gives the promise. He quotes president Nelson. He gives the promise associated with that. If we, proceed to learn all we can about Jesus Christ. Our ability to turn away from sin will increase. Our desire to keep the commandments will soar. Magnificent blessings. Yeah, beautiful. Well, that was a great, very uplifting discussion for me. Thank you both for your insights. I really enjoyed hearing what you had to say and listening to what the Spirit uh, taught us as we talked. The next talk is one of my favorites of the whole conference. It is President Nelson's talk, Christ is Risen, Faith in Him Will Move Mountains. So I'm really looking forward to that. In the meantime, Aaliyah, can you tell people how to get a hold of us? Yes, I can. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can message us or comment or, you know, whatever on on any of those. Our usernames are Words of the Prophets Podcast, or you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, thanks to everyone for joining us today, and until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.